Welcome to the Making Fitness Funner podcast with your host, personal trainer and nap connoisseur, William Mitchell. Hello and welcome to the Making Fitness Funner podcast. I'm your host, William Mitchell. Last week, we discussed several simple things that you can do that would just flat out make you happier. So if that sounds like something you're interested in and you haven't heard it yet, I'd really recommend that you go back and listen to last week's episode. This week, we're going to discuss something that is one of the major reasons that people just don't like to exercise. It's something that whether you're an exerciser or an avid non-exerciser, you've, we've probably all experienced it sometime or another. It's delayed onset muscle soreness. You know that feeling that you get after you've done something new or something you're not used to, going out and working in the yard, maybe an exercise program, something like that, and you wake up the next morning or maybe the morning after that and you have the very distinct feeling that you have been run over by a bus. It hurts to move. A few odd things about the delayed onset muscle soreness or domes. In the language of exercise nerds, it's caused by the eccentric contraction. Now what that means is it's not so much as that you picked up something heavy. It was when you went to put it back down. When we're setting things down, when we're decelerating a load, if you're running, when you're running downhill more than when you're running uphill, um, anytime you're slowing down something's descent, that is an eccentric contraction. And that seems to be what causes most of the domes, the delayed onset muscle soreness. So what is it? What causes it? I mean, other than the, the exercise, what happens when you do these exercises is you get little bitty tears in the cell membranes of the muscles and it causes inflammation. Now, pretty much every inflammatory response in the body uh, in result to injury is the same. So I'm going to use one that's visible that, that you can see. And this just kind of happens on a, the same thing happens on a microscopic level. Let's say something happens and you get a scratch on your skin. If you notice, the first thing that happens is it starts to swell up around it. It gets red, it gets puffy, and it gets sore. Anytime your body detects an injury, it starts releasing different chemicals. Um, One of them is prostaglandin E2. And once it's released, it causes your blood vessels to become more porous. And when it does that... It allows the neutrophils, which are certain kind of white blood cells, it allows them to leak out and get into the surrounding area. It also breaks open some other cells uh, that attract neutrophils to the area. Now, what the neutrophils do on your skin, if you've let in a foreign invader, it will break those down. But it also finds damaged tissue and it eats the damaged tissue and, and cleans up the mess. And in the process of doing this, you've got extra fluid in there and it's an inflammation. Things get swollen and it also produces the chemicals that cause you to experience pain. Now, we think of this as a bad thing because, well, it hurts, but it's actually a very good thing because you're going in and you're cleaning up all the damaged tissue and you're going to rebuild the damaged tissue. And the pain response is probably to limit the amount of extra damage that you're going to do to this tissue while it's trying to clean up the mess. So the inflammatory response and the delayed onset muscle soreness is actually a good thing. It's your body trying to protect itself. However, whenever you are having trouble standing up off the toilet, it's really hard to believe that that's a good thing. So what do we do about it? 
as you would expect, there have been a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of studies done on delayed onset muscle soreness and what you can do to prevent it because it's a big deal in athletes and people that work in the yard. I mean, we all experience, so it's a big deal. So what can you do to prevent it? Now, I would like to start out by saying that I am not a doctor. I'm an exercise guy. So please don't take medical advice from me. Like in a minute, whenever I talk about the non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, you know, like your aspirins and your ibuprofens and stuff, follow the directions on the bottle, follow your physician's advice. Don't say, well, the guy on the Making Fitness Funner podcast said I should take three of these, so I'm going to do it whether it kills me or not. Really bad idea. I'm not a doctor, so don't take prescription advice from me. That being said, do the non-steroidal anti-inflammatories work at relieving muscle soreness. In several of my exercise classes, it's the common joke as people are leaving to say, hey, remember, ibuprofen is your friend. And there's been a lot of studies done, and ibuprofen and aspirin and all the others may or may not be your friend. And by that, I mean they may or may not help. They're probably not going to do you any harm unless you have some kind of underlying medical condition. The studies show that the amount of good these medicines do is very mixed. And part of it is based on the uh, design of the study. Part of it's designed on the way that they determined whether it worked. A big portion of it is it's very subjective. They pretty much ask the people, well, how much does it hurt? And so it's kind of hard to tell how you know one person's seven could be another person's four. Overall, it seems that the non-steroidal anti-inflammatories work. If you know you're going to be doing something that's going to cause the muscle soreness, taking them as soon as you get done with it or sometimes even before is not a bad idea. But once again, follow a doctor's advice or someone other than just my advice. Now, what are some other things that work? Everybody knows that you really need to warm up before an exercise bout and you need to do your stretching after an exercise bout. Well, it turns out that the studies show that warming up does help prevent delayed onset muscle soreness, but the stretching out after it does not. Well, what about a massage? Maybe. There have been some studies that say that massage works, but most of the studies say that massage doesn't work. And most of the ones that say the massage works, it was probably just a placebo effect. It was all in your mind that the massage helped because you liked getting the massage. Well, what about ice? Everybody knows if it hurts, you're supposed to put ice on it. Yes, icing does work. If you, the best protocol they had was immediately after the exercise, and once every 12 hours for about seven times. And that helps reduce the delayed onset muscle soreness. Compression sleeves also help, you know, or wrapping it. That also helps. Problems with those two things are if you've done something and you're sore all over, unless you really want to fill your bathtub up with ice water and do a full body soak, icing is probably not going to work. In addition to that, you know, they don't really make a full body compression sleeve. So you'd have to just pick and choose the areas that hurt the worst for the compression. So if just one arm hurts or just one leg hurts or just your calves hurt, then icing or compression sleeves would probably work. Now, I know that I can't be the only one out there that would just about rather take a beating than put an ice pack on me because I just absolutely cannot stand cold. So what about heat? Well, the good news is it appears that heat therapy 
is equal to cold therapy when it comes to reducing delayed onset muscle soreness. The bad news is for heat therapy, it's really hard. I mean, your body is designed to keep a constant internal temperature. So it's really hard to apply heat to the skin and get it to warm up down in the muscle because like with ice you can put it on there it's really super cold it sucks the the heat out and makes the the tissue below it colder but you can't put something that's ridiculously hot on your skin because you'll burn yourself so what they found is it took hours of heat therapy they have these uh, dry chemical heat wraps that you could put on that would go for about eight hours or a moist uh, heat that would do for two hours and both of those were very similar to what you got from cold therapy but once again it, it's not just you go sit in a tub of hot water for five minutes you you need more of an exposure but for those people who would rather be hot than cold it, that's a also a viable therapy for you but if it's a whole body problem um, once again you may want to go with the uh, non-steroidal pain relievers one thing i forgot to mention that was kind of interesting about them it seems that they help more for upper body pain than for lower body pain and don't even have any idea why that is if you wake up and you've got the delayed onset muscle soreness you hurt should you rest should you lightly exercise should you immobilize it it turns out that either immobilization complete not movement or light exercise are your two best options now obviously if you've got once again, total body soreness, total body immobilization is probably not possible. So just some good light exercise really seems to relieve the delayed onset muscle soreness. So what we've learned is do a little bit of a warm up that'll help cut down the amount of uh, muscle soreness. If you wake up and you're sore, ibuprofen is probably your friend um, or any other non-steroidal anti-inflammatory. Heat therapy, cold therapy, both of those work. Uh, a massage probably wouldn't hurt, might feel real good. So those are things that will help you to uh, relieve your delayed onset muscle soreness. But we're out of time, so so next week we'll talk about nutritional therapies and things you can do to help prevent delayed onset muscle soreness. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If I've said anything that you thought was enjoyable or worth sharing... Please refer this to a friend so that they can have more fun in their fitness journey. Also, please remember to subscribe and like the podcast. As always, I'd like to thank One Accord for the bumper music and Paul Sink for the great intro work. And I hope you'll join us next week as we try to make fitness funner. <laughs>